People, you are in tune to episode 18 of the D&D Football Factory podcast. I'm Double D. I didn't say it on episode 18, so some of you that don't know me wouldn't have realised who was talking. And I've got my co-host from Saturday morning's footy on top show on, on Top FM, D-Man in the house. Big up, big up. Glad to be back on again. Let's go, let's go. We've also got the stranger that is... The, the originator, the man who got us the gig that we're on now, we've got Chatters in the house, a.k.a. DJ, the artist formerly known as DJ Goliath. What's going on, brother? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You went to say greetings and salutations. You saw, you messed it up, brother. <laughs> greetings and salutations. <laughs> Big Sam in the house. Yes, good evening, good evening, folks. You guys are well. And we've got the band back. I told you the um, the professional, the the pod the pod master, the networking master. We've got Stell from Shoot the Defense in the building. I didn't think I'd be invited back after last week's uh, <laughs> tirade, five minute monologue. Well, that was the highlight of most people listening to the pod still because people were messaging me and they were asking what bits the Man United bit even the comments <laughs> on the thing were like where's the Man United bit where's the, I'm like 46 minutes they came for you they came for you well if you didn't like Oli getting <laughs> if you didn't like Oli getting ripped on the last pod then uh, boy he's lost his job now so you might not between this one, the old head, but um, he's finally gone still. Um, the 4 1 win for Watford was finally the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, did you think it would still, did you think that was he'd still keep his job after that, or, or what? Um, <laughs> when Jeff Shreves is destroying you, that's when you know your, your time is up. That's it. The, the moment he gave that interview with Sky at full time, and Jeffrey said to him, "Is that it for you now?" That that is that is like when you know my my daughter is just you know she's doing her homework and she's doing her joined up writing and she's fucking about and I just look at her and say, "Are you, are you done? Are you, are you done? Do you want to get back to some serious business?" That's like what it was. What can I tell you? Why, why did it why did it take so long? Why did it take so long? Um, do, you, do you want me to, to go back to what I said last time about this club being run like a bunch of fucking... <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? Like it, you know, it, it's about three, four weeks too late as far as I'm concerned. But I'm, I'm glad it's done. Listen, I told you, I'm not one of these guys that wanted him sacked. Like, it's got to be done. But let's be 100% honest. He had to go. He was on life support. You got to turn off that machine eventually. Do it for his own good. But unfortunately, the cancer's still there. So what can you do? And who and who is the cancer? Where do I begin? You got to break in. There might be some simps. <laughs> there might be people listening that don't know. You got you got. Oh, you, you, you got, got the owners. You got the owners. You got Richard Arnold. You got Ed Woodward. You got Murta. You've got uh, uh, Carrick Phelan. McKenna, 
Darren Fletcher, the technical director that is sitting on the, the <laughs> sub bench giving advice, that's taking part the in training sessions. <laughs> the TLG, the groundsman. Yeah. Oh, no, it just, it, just, it just boils down to it. I mean, listen, when, when, when you're at work, let's say, for example, um, let's say, for example, you, you know, you're the CEO of fucking B&Q. If, are they, I don't even know if they fucking exist. Do you see the CEO of B&Q going to the shops and uh, being at customer service or, you know, putting stuff on the shelves? No. So why the fuck is, is Darren Fletcher sitting on the subs bench giving advice to Ronaldo? Who is Darren Fletcher to be giving advice to Ronaldo on the subs bench? <laughs> is, is Fletcher meant to be the director of football? What? He's meant to be the, the technical slash sporting director. The guy that's going to be entrusted with selecting the new manager. Now, I was joking around with Rodri earlier on today. I said, hang about, Darren Fletcher was at Stoke under Tony Pulis and, and at West Brom. Could it be? Could it be? <laughs> <laughs> Pulis at well, that that oh, saying, Could it be you? Could oh, it be me? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think the internet is ready for that. <laughs> I don't think the I will, quote Richie quite... Dan, I will quote Richie Dan again. Call it fate or what you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to you in a second. So, in regards to that ridiculous interview that they made him do after being asked, but I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Galaf. I'm gonna go to Chanders, right? Because you've been very outspoken about Solskjaer from day one. Yeah, you Arsenal fans were having fun. You must be a little upset now that he's gone. So the debate is now settled between Arteta, Lampard and Solskjaer. Just, just so we're clear. <laughs> just so we're clear, yeah? The best, the, the best of the shit is still shit, but just so we're clear, yeah? Just so we're clear. I don't want to hear no comparisons between the three ever again. <laughs> At some, no, no, no. Honestly, right? All jokes aside, all jokes aside, Fergie needs to stop being so involved because that's mm. that's David Moyes, right? That's David Moyes and that's Solskjaer. Two managers, right? No matter how well Moyes is doing right now, let's be clear. Two managers yeah. that had no business managing arguably the biggest club in the world. Yeah. If you're talking brand success, what they're known for, the stadium, everything. One of the biggest clubs in the world. Them man, they have no business being in charge of a prestigious club like that. So he's the first one that needs to come out as far as I'm concerned, even before the owners. He's the first one that needs to just come out of their business. He's their greatest manager of all time. They can't, they can't just push him aside like that. Okay. Okay. He, he has he has to say he wants to he has he has to say he wants no dealings with him. You can't say oh he's part of the furniture. Everyone redecorates their house eventually for fuck's sake. <laughs> it goes one of two ways, right? I don't want to digress from what we're talking about, but Wenger was totally removed from Arsenal, right? And it hasn't necessarily worked out. So it can go either way. But in, in Manchester United's case, he needs to come out of their business now. He should have no part in whoever is going to be taking over next. He shouldn't be making any more suggestions, right? As far as I'm concerned, his credit has run out. 
And if he's not careful, he's going to end up ruining his reputation there. Just go in the stands and watch them on a Saturday and go home. Mind your business. <laughs> Just mind your business. Just yeah. mind your business. And, 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 mind as, your business. And as for Solskjaer, as for Solskjaer, he lived off of that one game versus PSG. I'm not going to go on about Rio Ferdinand, but he lived off of that one victory in the last minute. And since then, he, he hasn't impressed me, whether it's tactically, whether it's who he's brought in. He hasn't impressed me at any stage, at any stage at United. And for me, I think the final... For me, when I realised he was completely finished, was the the um, the Europa League final? For me, there was just no coming back from that. Did they give him a new contract after that? Though? <laughs> I, 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 I know I know the um, other staff members got new contracts. I don't know about him. Extension and that, or sat on that at the beginning of the season. I don't know what it was, bro. But they extended his contract recently. That's why I have to pay him so much anyway. So. In terms, in terms of the football and the tactics that he, he he sets out, I don't know what anyone has seen that makes him believe that he was someone that should be there long term. He's wasting everyone's time. Just like why I, would he go? Why huh? would he go before he sacked? Why would he go if the owners are, t- are having faith in him? He's not going to say I can't take this. He couldn't believe his luck. Exactly. So it's not his fault. No, 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 no. But there comes a point where you need to just accept that the job is too big for you. Same with Lampard at Chelsea. When you get the right manager in there because you've got the right players, when you get the right manager in there, the team can fly. I don't know why yeah. Man United let that go for so long. Yeah, but why Why would he walk away when he just got them second place last season? Yeah. So in his head, he's thinking, oh, give me a couple, man, I can actually challenge. Yeah. What's so- second place? No, no, no. It's, it's we, we saw what it was, but from his perspective, I've got Man United second place with against Klopp, against Tuchel, whatever. Only second to Guardiola. Yeah? He's taking so the, he's, he's taking not going to say, "Right, let me walk out now." He's not. He was wasting everyone's time. I don't know why he was still there. If he had any shame, he would have left years ago. He would have left after Europa. If he had any shame. The man nah. has no shame. I don't feel sorry for him at all. But you know what, what? Chaddy? Like, like D-Man saying, because of his experience, where he's coming from, coming second, is like he, he's achieved something more than what he would have achieved with Modo. Or... And furthermore, why are you going to walk away achieve? from Manchester? Why are you going to walk away from Manchester United? Mm. Yeah, When you're managing one of these big boy clubs, unless they fire you, why are you going to walk away? It makes no sense. It's not his fault. It's everyone above him and the board and Fergie, like you said, it's all their fault. Yes, he's a rubbish manager, but Steve Bruce was in a job for how long? He never walked away. Yeah, He had to get shipped out of there. Same with Solskjaer. No manager really walks away from a job unless you're Pep when you feel exhausted and them kind of things there, bro. Like it, it, it don't happen. It don't really happen. So I don't really blame him. I blame him for, for, for their, how they're performing, but I don't blame him for not walking out. I'm I'm keeping that money, bro. I'm keeping the limelight. I'm sorry. Okay. Have some shame. Have some shame. Why? Why? You're letting you're letting you're letting Una Emery beat you. Hold on. No, 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 He's no no. How he, dare he, he should How have got talking about Una Emery like that. Huh? Didn't he didn't he beat you lot? Of course. I'll tell you as well. <laughs> you listen, you heard me say the best of the shit is still shit. 
you think I want this man here either? But we're not here to talk about us because he's still here. But we're going to get to him. We're going to get to him, believe you me. Before this show is done, we're going to get to him. Yeah, we are. I, I, we are. And I said, I said that off air that, off that we're going <laughs> to come to him. So, do you've already said part of your bit there. Mm. What, like, the reason why I'm coming to you next, actually, is because I told you that Watford were going to beat him and you thought that you... United, you thought that United were still going to somehow get a result. They, However, they're easy to they're easy to play said, against. So, I said if they lose that game, he's not seeing Villarreal. I told you. You did game. say that the sound yeah. bite, the sound bites up on yeah. Twitter as well. But they they're so easy to play against that anybody can play against them at the moment. Which is true. But the thing is, like you've seen so many times before, they have moments. Yeah, they're capable of pulling moments out the back. When the chips are down, when you really think they're finished, usually they come up with a result. So I thought this was the game where they'd pick up something. They, they be, It's Watford as well. Let's be honest, Watford are trash. I don't care what anybody says, Watford are rubbish. Yeah. So United should have beaten them. So I expected them to turn up for this one game and, and pull a result out the back. Like you said, his credit run out, it wasn't meant to be. They got outplayed, they got out-muscled, they got embarrassed. Like... And they deserve to get whacked that they did. Like, there's so many things wrong with that team. And like, it does stem from the management. It's like, he's out of his depth. We don't what do you put that down to, though, Demon? right? Because it's easy to sit here and say, you know, um, they should just turn up. And on paper, you look at that team and you look at that squad on paper. Yes, bank, but I don't want to say by rights. But you look at that team on paper and you think to yourself, as long as you turn up and do a professional job, you should roll over these guys. But why is it week after week after week with these players, these quality players, and they are quality, what's happening where 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 they're putting in performances? Like, it started to remind me of Chelsea when they just wanted rid of Mourinho. And yeah, they're they down tools. They're 14th place. They're, they're down tools. It's a combination of the players down in tools, but also there's no... There's no proper management of them. There's no tactics. There's no nothing. There's no structure to that team. It's literally just 11 men go out there and do your best. Run around and do your best. That's what it looks like. So that can only work for so long. I don't care how good your players are. You will have moments, like I said, but for, throughout the course of a season, it's not going to work. And when you've been slapped 5-0 by Liverpool, who didn't get our third gear, 2-0 by Chelsea, uh, City, who didn't get our second gear, it's going it's gonna to take its toll. Like the embarrassment, the embarrassment levels... And the way Maguire's playing, the way, I don't know who else is playing really. The way, obviously, we're not, we know about that midfield anyway, it's shocking anyway. But when you have, when you've got Cristiano Ronaldo who can't bail you out every single game, yeah, it's going to catch up with you. It's going to catch up. I don't care how good, how good your players are. When your manager's rubbish, you know, and especially if he is rubbish, like, he shouldn't have got the job, we know that. He's out of his depth. It's not his level. But yeah, he was there to do a job and he couldn't even do that. Like, but what what was alarming for me is the the, the drop in standards from last season. They weren't great last season, but they still had a certain standard. Yeah, and the drop that you've seen, the significant drop you've seen, he had to go. He had to go. And like I said, the Watford was the straw that broke the camel's back. But the five nil and the two nil just just basically put him up, put him up there to be shot. So it is what it is. It's no surprise to anybody. They should have done it before the international break and they didn't. And now they're paying the consequences because they've got a tricky, 
tricky time ahead trying to get the right man, I'll tell you that much, because it's not going to... I think they're going to mess it up again. I actually think this this, this calamity is going to last for at least another season, another year and a half. I think I don't see anything getting better for them. So, they've got a job on their hands. Right, before I come to you, Sammy, still, but in relation to what D's saying about um, Solskjaer, and some people have said... Um, He's uh, no tactics, <laughs> just vibes. Didn't he, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, didn't he say in an interview that something about football isn't necessarily about tactics, but it's about moments of luck and this and that and whatnot. So if that is the case in terms of what you're telling, I have no idea what is going on in Back in, United, United. United, in United's training sessions. You get what I'm saying? How can the manager... <laughs> Well, Man United Football Club say it's nothing to do with tactics. <laughs> That's something how, how can any manager, any manager, say it's not about tactics and it's all about individual brilliance? Because let's be honest, he has been bailed out on numerous occasions by individual brilliance. I remember Pogba scoring at Burnley, uh, Martial scoring a winner at Burnley. I remember so many games where Fernandes yep. has bailed United out. Ronaldo this season yep. bailed United out. I'm sorry, look, let's, let's be real, yeah? He's on that bench, he's got McKenna and he's got Carrick. Something happens, he goes up to Carrick, what shall we do next? He goes to McKenna, what shall we do next? He goes to Mike Phelan, Mike Phelan is too busy, you know, counting how many hairs he's got on his body. Like, what? what, <laughs> what is this? What is this? And, and again, it goes back to what I said about Fletcher. The technical director taking part in training sessions, not not actually like overseeing. He's actually taking part. He's on the pitch, taking training sessions. And this is, look, when Solskjaer got the sack, I'm seeing all these tweets about, oh, thank you, Ollie, you're still a legend. All right, fine, you're still a legend. Great. But then when I see stuff like, you brought Man United's DNA back, you uh that's what I'm telling you. That's what I've been hearing. Thank you. You said, Oh, you changed the structure, you made us uh entertaining again, you saved us. What did he save them from? They're talking like they were fighting relegation before he came in. He <laughs> made Man United worse than what they were under Mourinho. He made them worse. They were still winners under Mourinho. Listen, you can't get to two or three semi-finals. Uh, well, sorry, he got into two. He got into the semi-final of, of the Europa League, and then he got into the final of the Europa League. Didn't win any of them. Didn't win most of his semi-finals. Right? He's not that guy. Yeah, he's not going to win you trophies. Let's just put it that way. Okay. We could say, well, if he wasn't a club legend, would he have got the job with that record coming from Mulder, coming from Cardiff? No, he wouldn't have got the job. But because he was a club legend, he pacified the fans because he was United DNA, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> but, you know, I'm seeing like, oh, Ferguson was given four years and then he won something different times. Ferguson didn't have Guardiola. He didn't have Klopp. He didn't have Chelsea. He didn't have all these other teams. In Europe, he didn't have the powerhouses. Yeah, and it still took Ferguson... All right, he won the Cup Winners' Cup in 91, but to win the Holy Grail, which is the Champions League, 99, it took him, what, uh, 14 years to win it, if I'm not mistaken? 14 years to win the European Cup. If, yeah. that's, that's my maths. 
So th this whole Ole Solskjaer has brought things back. Oh, we, we went on a long, unbeaten run away from home. Okay, great. But what did we win? You can go 100 games unbeaten, but if you've got nothing to show for it, what, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything to me, you know? But again, it goes back to this rhetoric. Oh, the Man United DNA. Well, I'll go back to what I said on the last show. We went 26 years without winning the title. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Is that part of our DNA? Yeah? Is it? Because if we go 26 years without winning the title again, that's our DNA, right? All right, we struck gold with Ferguson. We, we caught lightning in a bottle. But you ain't going to get that again because he was one of a kind. Yeah? Mm -hmm. But you can't expect a guy with his with Solskjaer's credentials to come in and, as you guys quite rightly said, save, save United from what? Because Mourinho won two trophies, as far as I remember. And yeah? came second. And came second, yeah, with, with a worse squad. Worse, thank you. Because he had Antonio Valencia right back. He's got a 50 million <laughs> yeah, yeah. right back that can't defend. <laughs> Neither can Wamba Saka, to be fair. So. <laughs> That's, what That's exactly what I said. We got 50 How got dare 50. you, G Man? How dare you? And he's yeah. a Saka Rio, wanted to Rio go said Chelsea. he's the best one on one defender in Europe. How dare you? Let's not fuck about him. Wamba Saka wanted to go to Chelsea. United weren't his first fucking choice. Choice. Chelsea didn't want him. So he, they, he went fast. So listen, uh, listen every, everything about this club is a fucking mess. You know, I could, I could talk about the owners, okay? But let's just put them to one side for a moment because they're owners. They don't know anything about football. Like Kroenke doesn't, like FSG, like Abramovich, like, you know, the Saudis, like the, like the Arabs at City. They don't know anything about football. But you're going to have to bring in someone that knows the game, that knows a technical element, that knows the environment. I work in the game, yeah? So I talk to people in the game and I'm learning. I'm still learning. I don't know everything, but I'm learning. I know who to talk to, how to talk to people, how to navigate myself within the, the, the industry. But when you're working at Man United Football Club, you need someone at the top to look down and say, right, we need someone in this area. We need someone in that area. We need someone here and there. And then you piece it together like a puzzle. The reason why City have been successful is because they've got that model. The reason why Chelsea have been so successful, they've got that model. But at Man United Football Club, you have Ed Woodward, who isn't a football guy, calling the shots. You have Richard Arnold, who isn't a football guy, making certain decisions. You've got John Murtagh, who, again, again, I don't know what his role is, but he's, he's been dealing with the contracts. Well, there you go. <laughs> Mike Feeling gets a new contract. Carrick gets a new contract. All of these cunts get new contracts. Yeah? Then you've got your technical director, who you'd assume is overseeing things. You know, saying, okay, well, we need to improve, you know, for example, a set-piece coach. Well, we bring a set-piece coach, and we can see four goals in three games from set-pieces. <laughs> so, again, I mean, you guys are laughing, but it's, it is laughable. Because you're, you're talking about a club and forget the history. Forget everything that's been won in the past 20, 30 years. If your local supermarket was run the way that Man United Football Club are, be, are being run, they'd be going down the shitter. It's, it's not, it's not a rocket science. If you don't have a structure, you're not going to see results. And to put your faith in Solskjaer, Carrick, McKenna and Mike Phelan... Look, Mike Phelan was head coach of an Australian team that were bottom of the league when he left the job. Bottom of the A-League. 
the A-League. Bottom. <laughs> and he got a job at Man United as, as assistant coach. Assistant coach, mind. <laughs> assistant coach. So when the head coach gets the sack, the assistant steps in. What was Mike Phelan doing today? He was in the suit. Well done. But he was sitting on the bench the whole time. <laughs> it was Michael Carrick standing around, gesticulating, acting as if he's the fucking big man. He's a snake. As, as, as you said, the old boys club. But yeah, Bro, it is snake, how isn't many it? Times, how, many times have you seen, how many times have you seen a head coach get the sack and all of his backroom and staff leave with him? They leave as well. Yeah. No loyalty. No loyalty. <laughs> they were waiting for him to get thrown under the bus because it prolongs their stay. But then one of them is going to get found out. And then another one's going to get found out. And mm -hmm. that's how it's going to go. I've got no sympathy for this club. None whatsoever. And I've got no sympathy <laughs> to the fans. None whatsoever. None <laughs> what can I ask, though? What, what are your... What would you say your targets are for the rest of the season? I don't want to say hopes because it's, it's, it's clear that you're fed up. But what what would you say realistically should be the aim for the rest of the season now? Uh, what, what, um, what do you mean? What I would expect, or as Man United as a club would expect? Both. Both. Let's start well, with Man. Okay. Well, Man United as a club right now is in no position to be challenging for for top four, let alone for the title. But the remit is always top four. It's always been the remit under these concerts that run in the club. Much the same as it was for Arsenal. Top four was always seen as a trophy, pardon the, the cliche. That was success. That's how they measure the success because they know they're not good enough to compete for the title. So the next best thing is to get into the Champions League and bring in that TV money. That's all it is. If the, if the Champions League brought in 30p, they wouldn't care about qualifying for the Champions League because it don't bring in no money, but it brings in money. So that's the club's remit, top four. My my the way I'm going to gauge success right now is to end up in the top ten, because with these idiots managing the club, or should I say, trying to manage the club and trying to coach these players, we'd be lucky to get fucking top ten. Honestly, they're a bunch of clowns. God, right, <laughs> Sammy. Before we move on to who's um, got a job now, Sammy. Before this turns into another part two of alphabetical slaughter, he did lead United to this 29-game unbeaten run, though he lost 21% of his home games since he'd been in charge, and some great results against Manchester City. And what, what, what do you think prolonged his stay as long as it was? Or is it just the Ferguson factor going back to obviously what we said earlier about Fergie by Chad and um, Stoke? Well, I, I never, I never really understood the appointment to begin with, because looking at his record, his background, he's on Molda, um, on the cup when he was at Cardiff. Cardiff get relegated, and even before all of that. Um, I think he was part of the, uh, I think he was the reserve coach at Man United. Is that right, Stel? Mm -hmm. he, he he was the reserve coach and he he'd, he started yeah. off doing the um, the youngsters, the, the, the youth team. That's how he got to know Lingard and Pogba and all that. Right. 
So, I mean, even back then, I was reading like these kind of articles that he could be potentially the, the future Manchester United manager. And do you remember that when those when he had that run of games, that, in, that 11 game streak, and everybody was on a high saying that, you know, yeah, you know, we, we found a real one here and all this kind of stuff. And I was even battling with some fans saying that he's, he's doing way better than Mourinho ever did. And then, and Van Gaal as well. And I'm like, seriously? You know, firstly, Van Gaal is a man of his word. He said that in the first season, they win a trophy. Second season, they'll qualify for the Champions League. And they did that. Mourinho won two trophies with them. And like D-Man says to me sometimes, take time. Let's see what happens. Now, <laughs> I think with Ferguson being in the picture, that is probably one of the reasons why it went as long as it did. Because Fergie has so much love and is so fond of him. But, um, you know, as time went on, and you could see, looking at some of the decisions he made, especially on the pitch, tactically, from early he was out of his depth. And one of the things that we frequently mention are the three semi-finals. And then you have the Europa League final. So it was just people prolonging the inevitable. Um, you know, this is a guy who was just right, came in on a high, rolled on a high. Um, Bruno Fernandez, Fernandez comes in at one point and does a job for him. Um, and now we're in a position where there's another Portuguese fella. He's come back, club legend. That's probably one of the worst things that could have happened to Oli at this time, I think, because I wanted to see, I was very curious to see how Man United would get on without Cristiano, before even Cristiano Ronaldo even came into the picture. I wanted to see what, what would actually happen. I mean, still probably think, would, would think otherwise that, you know, they will always be doing failure. But I was very interested to see how they would get on this season. I mean, me and D-Man were talking about the run of games that they had um, from Leicester up to um, Watford. And I said that he would lose from Leicester. I said he would lose the Leicester game. And I I don't know about the Liverpool game, but I, 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 I wasn't confident that he would get a certain a sufficient amount of points to keep him in the job. Um, we knew we'd be in trouble. You know, I think tactically, doesn't have the nous. He was never ready for the position. And being a club legend is what kept him in the job for the time he was in it. Um, nah. Nah, he, 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 had, he had to go. He had to go. And I think when you think of, I mean, he's a nice guy, but let's be real. This is Manchester United. You know, this is probably, if not the biggest job in football. And I know he's a club legend, but the guy was out of his depth. You know, so, you know, and then there was this interview on MUTV, I think, where he was almost in tears, you know, thanking the fans for you know, sticking with him to this point, uh, to the point before he got fired. And no, no, I mean, you, you can't have a man like that in charge. So, um, Do you know I what think that was the equivalent of 
What? Yeah. You know what? That that for me was the final straw to let me know that this man was an idiot. Do you know what that was the equivalent of? That was the equivalent <laughs> of Mandem back in the day taking out their phone, sticking it in your face, and then happy slapping you. Why are you sitting there doing an interview after they fired you? Worst move ever. I don't understand. <laughs> who, who, who thought that that was a good idea? <laughs> Alex Ferguson. <laughs> but that sums up how the time is at the moment. Because even if he wanted to do that interview, which I don't think he did, like, no one couldn't stop him. Like, no one thought to think, right, that's not really a great idea. Like, it's not going to add any benefit. Yeah, the fans are like, oh, it's such a nice guy. Everyone else is laughing at you, bro. Like, I you've didn't been, even you've watch been fired it. and you said thank you, basically. That's what it is. I can't yeah. bring myself yeah, yeah, yeah. to watch it. I, I can't bring it. myself to watch it. I watched it. it. I just saw Who it. He's damn near crying, mate. He's damn crying. And I'm sorry, all these people are nice. He's a nice guy. I don't care if you're a nice guy. Yeah, go take up a profession that make, that that requires you to be a nice guy. Management isn't like that. No one mm. cares if you're a nice guy or not. Nice guys finish last. Yeah, so I don't care. You should be an arsehole. I don't care. People should say you're an arsehole, but you're good at your job. Yeah, he's a nice guy, but look at Cristiano's tribute to him. That dead. You was a striker when I was there. You were my manager when I came back. But most of you, you're a great human being. What the hell is that? Who cares? <laughs> like, nobody has said you're a great manager. Not, none of these tributes said you're a great manager. All they said you're a great guy with a big heart. Like, that doesn't mean anything in this game. It doesn't mean nothing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 31st, I found a message that I sent to a mate on the 31st of August, 2019. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of questions over Ollie's tactical ability. So that tells you how long I've been saying about this fucking guy, yeah? Now, the thing is, right, this, this interview that he gave, MUTV, right, you guys, are, you guys probably know this already, but a few, a few months ago, there was a, a shareholder meeting over the phone with, with United's board and all that kind of stuff, and they were bragging mm-hmm. about the number of um, interactions and views they had on their social media accounts. Social yeah? media. Right? So I guarantee you, look at the amount of views that they've got from that social interview. I guarantee you, the next time they have this, this same meeting, they're going to bring that up. Oh, our engagements. Yeah? The visibility. All these words that are used from a marketing standpoint, standpoint to make themselves look like they are a market leader. It's bullshit. Right? They, they did that interview deliberately, knowing full well it would play on people's heartstrings and people would react to it. Oh, he's such a nice guy. It's such a shame. Oh, you know, they, they've hung him out to dry. They didn't care the effects of it. If they gave a shit about the effect of, of the interview, how people would portray Solskjaer, they would have closed the comments. Yeah, because you can do that on Twitter, can't you? You can yeah. shut the comments mm-hmm. so no one can reply. But they left them open. Mm-hmm. Now imagine your your social's missus or your his kids or relatives and they're looking at all the bad enough he's had all this shit thrown at him. Yeah. They leave the comments open, knowing for you're gonna get all these people saying, You shit, da, 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 da. just just you know, just mm. stabbing more, just stabbing more. And this is why I felt sorry for him. On the flip side, right? He shouldn't have done it. Exactly. He should not have done it because he's inviting more and more people to throw corn at him. He's an idiot. Yeah, plain and simple, he's a fool. 
Like, you should not be... You've been used for so long and you're, you're the shield for the Glazers and all them people there. And then the last that they give you is to, to hand you out a dry again when you don't even work for them. Like, you've been fired, yeah? And they're still making you go and go and do... Or you're offering to go and do this stupid video. Like, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. The thing is, he's... he's you know, the, look, he loves the club. It's clear to see, right? But... Yeah. He gave this interview because he wanted to say what he had to say, a last goodbye to the fans. Okay, I get it. But if you're going to do it, right, give an interview on paper. Yeah, don't do it mm. in front of a camera. Yeah, yeah do it yeah, so that yeah. you had an interview with a newspaper or something. So at least you got words. So people can't see mm. your facial expressions. Yeah? yeah? You know, okay, I get it. Tone gets lost in text. That being said, he's, he's only destroyed himself even more by doing this. You know, yep. he's, done, he's not done himself any favours by doing this. And sometimes people are blinded by their love for whether it be a partner, whether it be for whatever. It's almost as if his missus has done the dirty on him, but I still love her. So I'm going to do an interview saying how much I give a shit about her and how much I respect her. Nah. Mm. Nah. And, and see, again, but this is the club. This is a club that has brought in the, the chief of the creator, the founder of Sporth, which is the biggest clickbait website you know, ahead of Lad Bible, they brought him in to fucking do their social media. They've so there's so much focus on you know visibility and engagement and becoming a global yeah. brand. We get how big Man United are. We hear it time and time again. Oh, 300 million fans across the world, blah 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 blah. We hear it. But then when you find out that people like Ed Woodward, yeah, was talking to Jurgen Klopp when he was at Dortmund about the United job. And it was advertising Man United to clock, like comparing it to Disney World. Yep. These were his words. I'm not making it up. And that's why Klopp said he weren't feeling it. He said he didn't like what they advertised. It's like when, have you ever heard what um, Will Smith said about when Will they Smith um, says a lot. He says too much. <laughs> no, when they offered, no, no, forget the Jada stuff. I mean, when they tried to offer him the role in the Matrix. Matrix, yeah. <laughs> it's all about presentation. <laughs> oh right, right, Goliath, right? We're going to close all this soon. What do Manchester look at their team? And as a couple of us have said, on paper it looks good, but we all know football matches aren't one on paper. One thing I hate is when people say, "Oh." A team loses a football match and they'll be like, oh, that team should be able to beat that team. If it was as, as black and white as that, then we wouldn't have upsets in football. What do Manchester United need to improve player-wise come January? Inside you're gonna think I'm crazy like I don't even think it's a personnel thing I think you just have to have someone to come in there right he's got a big enough ego where someone like Ronaldo's not gonna look at him sideways and say why am I listening to you and someone that knows that like a, a tactician someone that knows how to set like set what formation they're going to play, how they want to play, and then drill it into them players to play that way or come up. That's one thing I love about Jurgen Klopp. I think it was, I don't know whether it was Carragher or whether it was um, Neville that said it, but 
Klopp knew what way he wanted to play, what formation he wanted to play, and you're going to play that way or I'm going to sign someone that can do it. And I think that's just what Manchester United need. I think that they've got the personnel and the players have got the quality to be able to do whatever manager comes in and says, this is how I want to play. I think they've already got the personnel there. In in January, I don't even really think they should be signing someone, especially... The problem is, bro, Klopp didn't have superstars at his helm when he came. Yeah. yeah. No, of course not. If you ever come to Man United, unless you're, unless you're Zidane, no one ain't listening to you, bro. Pochettino, these men ain't listening to you to play a certain <laughs> way. Like, they're not. He hasn't got the, he hasn't got the minerals to be yeah, handling these superstars. Look what he's, he's trouble he's having in Paris. Yeah? He's not, I'm not saying he can't, mm. he can't, he can't succeed at United, but if you're talking about handling big egos like Ronaldo and that. But that's what I said. You need who someone. Is there? Who, who? Because my man, don't, his missus don't want the job. His missus don't want to live there. Zidane's missus don't want to live there. Mm, He's holding up other jobs. So who really is of that ilk that can come in and say to them, listen, we're going to play this way and you're going to like it or lump it? Who? I can't think of anybody. I honestly can't. Obviously, you've just mentioned Poch. You've mentioned Zizou. There's talk of them talking to, uh, to Valverde. About taking the interim what position. Apparently, unless the Athletic are after clickbait, Stell's going to explode in a minute. Um, apparently, um, just after clickbait. Bring in Steve uh, Bruce because he wants the job. Athletics. That's what I was going to say. The athletic are saying Steve Bruce has thrown his hat in the ring. Like, what? what? <laughs> Who's going to get this job? It, it's looking more and more like it would be Garrett at the end of the season, doesn't it? Just answer the phone to Dwight York, innit? Yeah? Let him, let, <laughs> let him, let him have the job. <laughs> yeah. so what's going to happen is no one ain't going to take it and Carrick's going to have that job at the end of the season. He's going to get another full play and they're going to offer him a two-year contract. Yeah? It's a repeat process. Yeah? Repeat process. Who is listening to Carrick? Huh? Who is listening to Carrick? The results Cristiano, yeah? Cristiano so, was his teammate. He'll, he'll be able to they'll, they'll find some form of um, what's it called? Champions League this season. They pulled out the result and the clean sheets. That ain't done in years. Yeah? Listen, so, listen. <laughs> it's better. It's listen. It's better. Cristiano takes over. He's fifty to one. Put a, put a five on it. <laughs> well, that's what they've been saying. That's what they've been saying. They've been saying that Cristiano. They're gonna let him. It, it might be rubbish, but they're saying that he's involved in this recruitment process. And apparently, Luis Enrique is someone that he wouldn't mind taking the job there. Brother, Cristiano's agent is calling up the board, talking about this is the guy you need, that's the guy you need. How can I have an agent telling you what to, how to do your business? Shut up! Let me step in two seconds, yeah? Because I'm... I'm gonna... <laughs> Before you explode, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some, uh, you guys, some perspective here, right? When um, David Gill left his post, right, and Ed Woodward came in, as I said, the guy isn't a, isn't a football man, right? So the first thing that Ed Woodward did was pick up the phone and speak to George Mendes oh. because he wanted to bring in, bring in players. He wanted to become like the Galacticos. So that's when we signed Di Maria and Rojo and Falcao. Right, we were signing a lot of these players were, were Mendes' agent, were Mendes' clients, right? And then one thing led to another, and they fell out with Mendes. So what did what did fucking Woodward do? He picked up the phone to Raiola, 
And that summer we got Mkhitaryan, we got Pogba, we got Ibrahimovic. Yeah, you see where I'm going with this, right? So there was no one at United able to make any decisions from a business perspective. Now, something's obviously happened for United to be talking to um, Mendes again, even though Mendes has got his interest at Wolverhampton Wanderers, but we'll go into that another time. Um, and Ronaldo's coming. And like I said on the last show, we had Trippier nailed on to sign for us. But then Ronaldo comes in, Diego Dallo, who was meant to be going to Dortmund, all of a sudden stays at United and he's getting games, even though last season he was on loan at Milan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dallo's getting games now that Ronaldo's here. You do the maths, right? Mm-hmm. So don't forget, right? The, you've got Man United Football Club, which is the body, right? The human. And then you've got leeches everywhere that's sucking the blood out of them, be it the Glazers, Woodward, Arnold, Murta, McKenna, Phelan, uh, Solskjaer, Carrick, Ferguson, Neville, Keane, Scholes. All right, Scholes has now jumped off the thing. Keane's done the same. Rio Ferdinand, he's the biggest leech out of a lot of them, but I'm not going to get into that cunt. You know, Mendes, right? So you've got too many pieces You've got too many people involved in the club. They know it's it's that body, it's that cash cow. So they're all leeching off of it. They don't care about the direction of the club. Okay, granted, if the club isn't successful, it hurts them financially. But only for a brief moment, because they'll spunk £72 million on, on the guy from Love Island, right? Because they know that he'll be he'll be a marketing guy, right? They'll spunk another hundred million pounds on another person that's a poster boy because they know from a marketing perspective it's great because hey, Paul Pogba is worth fucking five hundred thousand for every engagement on social media. They don't care about the bigger picture. It's all about short-term financial gain. Once the money dries up, that's when they're fucked. But unfortunately, like I said on the last show, people still buy shirts, so it boosts the, the Adidas deal. They still turn up to games, so that's guaranteed revenue. They still subscribe to MUTV. They still buy the shirt. They still buy merchandise. I mean, they had a fucking protest, an anti-Glazer protest, right? These mongoloids were shopping at the, the mega store, coming out with their bags <laughs> to protest against the Glazers. Are you licking windows? You should, you should be licking pussy, not windows. I'm done. Lord have mercy. I'm definitely not letting my nephew watch this. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Goodness me. Um, Sammy, Carrick is in charge now. For all, all four now, we'll see how long it's for. United got a 2-0 win today over uh, Villarreal. Um, David De Gea made a couple of big saves. Yeah, if Carrick yeah. does get the job, if Carrick does get the job for the rest of the season, what can we expect? We've seen today um, Bruno Fernandes was dropped. Not sure whether or not that was because of the, telling the fans after the Watford game that um, don't blame Oli, blame us, or whether it was a case where Carrick just to be dropped or what. Marshall, still his best friend, started. Sancho got his first goal for the club with a great finish. Van der Beek, Obviously, you've had the Twitter brigade trying to get him to start another piece. Died. Can we expect more big decisions from Carrick, or was that just a one-off of his election today? Well, we don't know yet, because um, I think if that uh, Bruno Fernandes being on the bench was because of what happened 
at the Watford thing, um, I, I don't think that was a, a good idea because they, they didn't... Villarreal, they, they started well, but they, they, they danced around a lot. Um, it was a lot of flash, not, not much substance. And you could tell that it was only going to be a matter of time before United were going to sneak one in. But you had to make the change. And uh, once Fernandez did come on, it was different. So you'd have to, I, I don't know, I think you're going to have to give him a run of, a, a run of games and some time to see what it is he's going to bring. I can, I, I can already tell that I, I, I don't think it will be like what Oli is. I think it will be different. And in his interview, after Oli got canned, he said that me and Oli, we, we kind of think the same. We have the same philosophy. I think that's crap. I think he's very different from Oli. Let um, me ask Sam, yeah? Let me yeah. ask you. What has Michael Carrick done in his career, on or off the field, to justify or warrant becoming even the interim manager of Manchester United? I need to know. Is this the man... I, I need I need to know. I know I keep asking the same questions, but these decisions are just like it's 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 more than questionable now. What business does Michael Carrick have managing Manchester United in any capacity? Tell there's me. A, there's a question though. Because they had we agree that they had to fire Oli, yeah? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. They didn't have a replacement. No, no time, no time. Yeah. So who so are that, you going that, to get that in? Obvious alternative. Yeah. yeah. Who are you going to get in? Even if it's for just for two games, who are you going to get in to take charge of that team? That like Stel said, Mike's feeling is is whatless. Yeah. <laughs> who else? Darren Fletcher. And he's already done it anyway. Right. He's already I'm done it anyway. Funny, I'm not being funny. Yeah. Who was it? It was Marquis. My man's finding out at half time that he's gone, and before full time, we know who the next manager is. Yeah, but this is Manchester. In ideal world, they would have had a replacement lined up. They would have had a replacement lined up. But this is Manchester United. They run like a a circus at the moment, so they didn't have anyone lined up. So in that respect, if you fire Ole, who's coming in? How do you land on Carrick? Who else is there? No. How do you? uh, Okay, but But how, how? how do you ask that question and then tell me the answer to that question is Michael Carrick? No, the answer to the question is who else is there? He's what's left when you, over. When you haven't got a replacement lined up and you fired the man, who else steps into that role? That's there at the moment. Who else? Brother, it's better they get the man from upstairs that's in everyone's business to come downstairs for three or four games, you know? But he can't make it down a flight of stairs right about now, bro. He's done. Yeah, he's yeah, he's health, he's health as well. That, that would be a he's bad move. Yeah, yeah. I will kill him. He can't be doing that now. But he can open his mouth and tell everyone who to hire and what to do. No. I've nice. seen them old senior <laughs> man that's yapping at the gums because they can, bro. All they can do is chat. They can't move, they can't do nothing. That's him, bro. He's he's toast. The contingency Look. plan, right, should be in place. Otherwise, I'm not being funny. You might as well have let him stay in charge today. It should have been, but it wasn't. Yeah. So, and that's the that's the factor. The factor it wasn't in place. 
but they had to pull the trigger. You cannot get slapped by Watford after getting slapped by Liverpool and City in that manner and then expecting a reaction. Unless, get unless <laughs> and I just can't believe the names I am seeing or have seen in charge of Manchester United. Yeah, but the thing is, Manchester United were held up by Alex Ferguson. Yeah? Mm. Now they're just any other club. Yeah? Mm. For instance, if Arteta goes tomorrow, who's linked with Arsenal? Now, this is, this is, what's it, the, the, the field ain't exactly extensive out there, bro. It's not. Yeah? So, if you're a club as big as them, though, you could, listen, you can draw you get? You can, can you get? You can draw anyone if you're Manchester United. No, you can't, bro, because yeah. top managers are already in jobs. Who's who else? Who's leaving Man City and Chelsea? They can't. You heard what so you, you heard Sol was saying earlier about how they what they try to do with Klopp, bro. If that team at the top, they can't attract anyone, others. They can't attract everybody who's, because they don't know what they're doing. Who, who, who the top managers left? That's not in a proper job. Who are they? Someone please tell me, other than Zidane, unquestionably, who else is there? So are we now going to start having a conversation about the lack of quality managers? Because Manchester United, available, yes. Manchester United struggling to have someone in charge. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, no, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. That's there's, there's up-and-coming young, there's Hentag, there, there, there's, um, you can say Poch or whatever, but they're not proven winners, yeah? Manchester United need a proven winner at this I present. I Poch is nearly four, uh, 50, who, who's a proven winner that's out there? That's what they need. Yeah? Who's out there? Brother, I don't, I don't think we need a proven winner. We need someone that can come to the club, right, and put up with the bullshit that happens. Because we've had proven winners. And it didn't work out, did it? Van Gaal, Van Gaal and Mourinho. Oh, well, yeah. What, what, what we need, loads. effectively, is basically, a, you just need to strip everything down. Get rid of everyone in the coaching staff, the first team coaching staff. Because, look, I said it on the last show, we brought in Justin Cochran to coach the, the youngsters, and he's a phenomenal coach. He's a fantastic coach, Justin Cochran. I'm not saying that because he went to a school around the corner, but, you know, his, his record speaks for itself. He was at Spurs, he was at England, now he's at United being the, the youngsters. No problem. The academy, we are in good hands. The reserves... Not so much, but okay, whatever. Don't talk about the women's team because it's a fucking that's an even bigger job. Who's, who's the reserves? McShane, Paul McShane is a player coach. Oh, the player coach. I don't, I don't know if you even know who's in the fucking the reserves. That's 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 how fucking deep it is. I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> but we need someone that that okay, if you strip it down and you bring in a technical director that knows the game, a, uh, a head coach that can actually coach, that can coach. Yeah, right, and then it all falls into place. But like I said, you've got leeches everywhere, right? But they've got their own agendas, and that's I'm sure I said this on the last one. Every person that is has got an opinion about Man United has got something to say because it it suits them, you know. Look at Andy Cole, for example, love the guy to bits, right? Love the guy to bits, he speaks sense, but he's a former United player at one of the most successful periods of the club. So, of course, he's going to say something that people are going to listen to. Same goes for Keane, same goes for Neville. But unlike Gary Neville, Andy Cole doesn't have an agenda. He just appears on the radio, television, done. But then you've got Gary Neville, who's got hotel football, which has got some kind of agreement with United. And, you know, you can say it official, unofficially, or unspoken, because there is a link there, right? If there wasn't a link, why would he and his 
team be interested in buying a whole heap of fucking flats around the, the area? So you need someone that can come to the club, forget about handling the, the personalities. If he's a head coach that's given full responsibility, he can say, I don't want that player. Fuck him off. Fuck him off. I don't care the, the name, the stature, because no one player should be bigger than the club. Real Madrid weren't afraid to get rid of Raul and Casillas and Ramos. Yeah, fuck United. <laughs> We're gonna... <laughs> right, <laughs> let's... <laughs> let's leave United there for a bit leave it on that that F United there um, by Stone which is a motto, motto I live by actually being a Liverpool fan <laughs> Chadders you were at the um, Liverpool and Arsenal game on the Saturday right so it's going to be a lot of you talking to wrap this up actually um, you won't be there on Saturday but last night with me D and Sam are going through it with our guests what did you see um, were you disappointed with the result what are your feelings after that? Was that the measure to show where Arsenal were at now? Though they had an eight-game unbeaten run that you can't mess with the, the proper big boys yet. What do you expect from your team for the rest of the season? I looked at the fixture um, coming up, right? And I was always saying, where we are in the league, and I don't want to say the way that we've been playing football. I want to say that the results that we've been picking up, quietly making our way back up the league and, and, and going about our business. That was the perfect, I'd say, I'd say the perfect team and the perfect manager to play against because Arteta's talking about he wants to play out from the back. Everyone's raving about our signings and how they're now starting to find their feet, find their form. Um, and it was a good, good test, right? A really good test to come up against because no one presses like Jurgen Klopp. It doesn't matter who Liverpool play against, right? They can have a phenomenal 15 minutes and blow 95% of these teams out of the water, right? And whenever a team plays out from the back, whether it's Mane, whether it's Salah, whether it's Firmino, um, whoever you've got in the centre of your midfield, yeah, they're on you straight away, waiting for you to make that mistake. So, and you touched on it saying that, you know, for the first 30, 35 minutes, um, we gave you a game. I thought Arsenal, I thought Arsenal were decent. I thought that they they kind of pressed, but it was just that they kept a shape and structure. And we were having to work harder to make our chances than other teams, um, than we have against other teams. But if for some reason, once we got the first goal, because I don't know what you were doing on the marking on the free kick, then after that, it was like, the start of the second half, Arsenal played for 10 minutes like they were a relegation side. They just continuously making sloppy passes. And even when they were making better passes, we were intercepting the passes. I didn't understand it. Sometimes you just have to think that I know the manager wants me to pass it out from the back, but there's three men coming at me. I've just got a hoof out of the pitch. You know what I'm saying? Because you just but like, we even have to work hard to get those goals. But let's go back. Let's go back to when it was nil-nil. Let's go back to that yeah. first 30 minutes. Now I was right behind the goal. I was front row. I was front row. I was right behind Ramsdale. And Ramsdale, even during that period where everyone saying we played well, Ramsdale was still making save yeah. after save after save. Right. So that 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 begs the question. 
yes, you're great and you're still creating chances, but why is he, during that period, still our best player? I'm not even going to get into how Mane, one of the shortest guys on the pitch, is, is, is winning a free <laughs> header. I'm going to bypass that, right? It was a perfect indication of where we are under Arteta, right? Because, again, do we have the quality to sustain a relentless press and still be able to try and play our game? That's nothing to do with experience or age, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, especially if you're spending 50 million mm. on Ben White, yeah, 45 million on Thomas Party. That comes down to quality, right? And I think in terms of where Liverpool are and where Arsenal are, there was only two points gap, but you can tell that the gap over a course of a season is much, much, much wider, right? We are so far away from City you, Chelsea, and if Man United do get the right manager in charge, even them. I think we're far, far away from them, guys. We're far, far away from Champions League football. We don't have the quality to come up against these better teams. Chelsea proved it. Man City proved it. You guys proved it. And then it was just consistent naivety throughout the rest of the game when it went 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, where, again, you didn't need to come out of second gear. You just needed to keep pressing us into making mistakes, quick counter, down the wing, straight in. And um, for me, I think it was poor from start to finish. I I, I, I don't even give us the first half an hour that everyone talks about because, again, Ramsdale was still making so many saves. We, we, We couldn't get out of your box and I want to go as far as saying we have to remember right Arsenal fans are sitting there talking about how we're fifth I made a couple of jokes saying we're fifth you know we're only a couple points off of off of um fourth and so forth right however our goal difference was zero and now it's minus four we are fifth <laughs> that's what everyone needs to look at we are fifth with minus four. Now, what does that tell you? Fifth, <laughs> minus four, and Ramsdale is probably our best player so far this season. <laughs> you know what it is? This, is? this is a familiar theme of Arsenal where you don't start off well and you go on a run of games and you do well, and then the fans get hyped, and then you come across a team like us. Now, I was, I wasn't, I was slightly worried about the game because I didn't think, um, I th- no, actually, towards towards near the start of the game, I was more optimistic, but I didn't think we were slappy like that. I thought we'd be like two one, because you guys have impressed me. No, 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 you guys have you've impressed me, but the way we are. Um, what have we done to impress you? Sorry to cut you. And before you answer that, I'll tell you why I'm asking you that question, right? I'll tell you why I'm asking you that question. We beat Tottenham 3-1. As far as I'm concerned, that's the only game from start to finish that Arsenal have played well all season. The following game, 0-0 Brighton, 2-2 Crystal Palace. I thought you were good. I thought you were good against Villa. Again, in my opinion, for the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Leicester. We kind of rolled our luck. 
Yeah, Rams girl made a bag of saves. Do you understand? Mm. And then Watford, tell me what game you've seen Arsenal playing. We've played 12 it's games not, this season. Yeah? It's not really a game in particular. It's just the recovery from the bad starts. That's what impressed me. To go eight games unbeaten like that and then to climb up the table when people were talking about you, man, being like, you know, I mean, it was never going to happen. You're not going to, you're not relegation for the, you know, Arsenal are, are nowhere near that, despite all the banter and all the jokes on Twitter. Why? You know? Listen, no one you're is... You're not. You're just not. No one is too big to go down, you know. Newcastle, Leeds United, Aston Villa. Those are three teams that, at that time, you never thought would get relegated. Never in a million years. It can happen to anyone. No one is exempt. How many years distance was there between Leeds playing in the semi-finals of a Champions League and playing in the Championship? <laughs> it can happen to anyone. We're on a downward spiral, right? We've got Newcastle next. I'm trying not to laugh here, right? We've got Newcastle next. We need a bit of a confidence boost. I think Newcastle are going to beat you, I'm, sorry to say. Gonna, listen, there, 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 are, there are players in that Newcastle team that are going to give our players problems. There's not a striker on that pick better than Callum Wilson, but anyway, that's, that's not what I'm <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. You're not wrong. And that's... <laughs> And, and, and this goes to my final point on the Liverpool game before I let you, man, take over, right? You see, you watch things on TV, right? I'm not knocking anyone. You watch things on TV, you hear what the commentators have to say and they kind of they kind of make you believe and think a certain way. But when you're actually at the game and it's only the fans there chanting nonsense, you actually get to watch the game with your own eyes. You yeah. see Van Dyke. My God, that man is a monster. I done told you when I saw the Palace and he first signed for Liverpool and I said, that's him, That man is a monster. like a basketball player, bruv. He's in your ear taunting you, bruv. Yeah? Taunting you and, make, and forcing you to make mistakes and he's moving like a Rolls Royce out here, bruv. <laughs> between, between Van Dyke. Between Van Dyke and Fabinho, yeah, it was a long day for Alabama Yang. And listen, that, that, that game showed me Alabama Yang is finished. He's finished. He's finished. We need to start managing him out of the club now. He's brother, but we knew that when he signed that new contract, bro. He's been done for a long time, bro. Get him out. Get him out. Van Dyke, listen... Van Dyke was 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 he he, he he didn't even have to break stride. I'm not gonna lie to you though, bro. You he do that just... to Bamiang right now, bro. So huh? like you would do that to Bamiang. Like anyone would do that to Bamiang. He's that rubbish at the moment. Yeah. Me up against him, I feel confident, bro. I rate my chances. Yeah. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come into storage just a second. But D, while obviously you're talking now, right? Me and Sam both thought it would win, but we thought it would be tighter. Why were you convinced that they were going to slap Arsenal? Because some Arsenal fans that I spoke to, some of them do pods and whatnot, they were quite optimistic. You know, they were like, oh, "I think this is a good time to play Liverpool." It just lost the West Ham. We've got injuries. 
Did you see our Did you see our substitutes bench? It was like an under twenty three, under twenty three game in Premier League two. So they thought that we would be soft, and we still gave I it gave to them. You know, yes. game. I gave you not know, of thinking you're going to concede one goal because I predicted four one. Yeah. Now, <laughs> let's be honest. As good as Arsenal have have been, they played nobody. Yeah. So they've got clapped by Chelsea, clapped by City, and then they played a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Right. Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool, on the back of that defeat from West Ham, you think they're going to let something slip again? That three games in a row, because they should have lost to Brighton, they lost to West Ham, and you think they're going to do that again for the third time running against a team who they generally whip at Anfield year in and year out? Seven years. <laughs> and I, th- I thought Salah would do more damage, to be fair, because he's been quiet for a few games and stuff. But like, like Chad Ch- Ch- alluded to, the way Liverpool play... Not many teams can live with that, and I'm damn sure Arsenal can't live with that. And and Ramsdale, as as much as Arsenal been on this run, Ramsdale had to make a bag of saves in these games. Yeah. Mm. So you put a quality opposition against them, they were bound to get slapped. He's not Superman, and he tried to be for the first half an hour, but he's not. Once that first goal went in, and the mistake was Arteta flapping his gums like he wasn't going to get crushed by a clock. <laughs> <laughs> Lampard tried the same thing and look what happened to him. <laughs> and they let him fight for it. But it was a walk in the park the other day. Like, Liverpool was just playing with them. Bro. You just knew. You just knew that. Arsenal, that's it. It showed the level that they're at. They're a decent team, but that's it. They're not good. They're not world beaters. They're not they're not better than sixth place, in my opinion. Like it's, This is Liverpool. Liverpool, Chelsea and City. They're going to run away with things, bro. And they won't get our second gear for most of their games. It's only when they face each other that they're going to have, have a game on their hands, like you saw when Liverpool played City. Yeah, other than that, this is baby food for Liverpool. Like this ain't last season, but when half their feet, their team was injured, like mm. baby food as well. I'm concerned. I could see that from 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 the first from the first lineup. But once, once Mane and Salah are playing, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. So. <laughs> Right, <laughs> still. Um, I've been talking of Arsenal. Obviously, the fact that though they've been better, there's still work to be done. It's still a work in progress. It's transition, and despite the wins, Ramsdale's been quite busy. Has I've been heavily critical of Ramsdale. Has he changed slightly the way that you view him since he's been at Arsenal? Um. Yeah, 100%, because you've gone from a goalkeeper that's been relegated four times to a goalkeeper that's been in a team that's gone 10 games unbeaten. Um, he's made a lot of important saves. Um, he's, his distribution is brilliant, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, but listen, he's, he's got a back line that isn't settled. And, and that's the, the key to having a fantastic goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong. You know, we've seen so many great goalkeepers over the years, your Schmeichels, your Siemens, but they've always had a back four in front of them that can protect them. Now, is, is Ben White and, and Gabriel the, the right partnership? Well, they've done well so far. Tavares was shambolic second half. He was horrible, he, wasn't he? he yeah, was yeah. Terrible. And that was one of you two, sorry. Why, why, and, 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 and you mentioned it, Dubs. Why do you, yeah. you see you've got Liverpool, you see you're coming up against, and, and, and let's be clear here, Salah is currently the best footballer in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you see that you've got Liverpool and you decide that you're going to put Tavares against Salah? 
I think that was unfair. Because he said he's going to go with his after the game, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. When we had Manchester United in the Champions League semi-final, yeah, and it was Cristiano Ronaldo, um, Rooney, and Wenger thought to himself, Kieran Gibbs will be all right. <laughs> I think you've got to take into consideration. I mean, Kieran Tierney is Kieran Tierney, isn't he? Yeah. Kieran Tierney? Yeah. yeah. He was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah. But was he fully fit? Because I know he's had a lot of injury problems. And when you've got. He, was, he, played, he played for Scotland, apparently. He was fine. He is now. He's, he's fit now. He's fit now. Well, maybe. Well, listen. Look, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know the ins and outs, but I mean, when players come back from international duty, they go through a, a series of of medicals and and uh, fitness tests and all that kind of stuff. And maybe they thought, well, you know, maybe playing against Mo Salah, his hammy might go. I'm not taking the piss. You, you just never know. And Tavares has been in good form, though, hasn't he? Has he been good form? Tavares has been okay, but this was the, this was that, you know. Bro, listen, it, 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 just came, it just came down to, to bottle. That's what it came down to, right? Because I saw Brighton at Anfield and they showed Liverpool no respect whatsoever. None whatsoever. Yeah, they've, yeah, yeah. they've given us our hardest, outside of Man City, they've given us our hardest games in the last two seasons, Brighton. Just the way that they space and whatnot. They, they Potter knows what he's doing. But this is it. Oh, Potter knows what he's doing. Funny that. Hmm, okay. As I was saying last week or the other week. Um, no, but, but Brighton went to Anfield. They showed no fear, no respect. They played their game, what they knew best. They didn't change any system. They didn't, you know, do anything different to, you know, counter Liverpool. They played to their strengths. And that and that's what teams fail to do at Anfield, unless you sit your Chelsea. Arsenal went there, they shit themselves. When United go there with this fucking cunt in charge, they're going to shit themselves. <laughs> Tottenham are going to shit themselves. You know, Manchester, uh, what's his name? Conte won't, but Spurs will shit themselves. If you go to Liverpool, right, a team that's a fucking juggernaut that can tear you apart limb from limb if you let them play football. And Arsenal, for 85 minutes, let Liverpool play football. Don't get me wrong. First half, Arsenal weren't bad. They weren't bad, Arsenal, first half. You know? They did well, but the moment Tavares played that hospital ball, <laughs> that was it. Shut up. had a bit of work to do though, but the composure. Come on, like you can't, you can't do that, and you can't do that anywhere against any team. Play a ball like that across the face of your fucking penalty box, yeah. But to do that at Anfield when you're chasing a game already, it's, it's bonkers. And and Chad, you know. People talk about Aubameyang. When he joined Arsenal, I was I was one of those people. I was like, I'm still not convinced about this guy. And he can win golden boots, but there's still something about him that it just it doesn't he doesn't stand out as this superstar player. I, I was joking about one, saying that you know you got um, in Poundland, you go to Poundland and you see the toys and you see like instead of seeing action man, you see activity man, right? Or you see the fake wrestling toys. Like Arsenal had action man in Thierry Henry, and Aubameyang is the, the Poundland version. You know he's going to get oh, you goals. No. He's going to get you goals. He Let doesn't strike fear into defenders. Opposition. You know what I mean? Let me respond. Two things. I agree with you. I've got laughed at for years and years and years for saying this, and I'll say it now. I would take 
Shea Adibayor over Aubameyang. <laughs> there was more to that round game. Yeah. Aubameyang can stick the ball in the back of the net. We know that. He can't do anything else. That's number one. Number two, the point you made about Tavares playing that hospital ball. Yes, you don't do that at Anfield. You don't do that anywhere. But that's also what no one else has picked up on. D-Man mentioned it, right? Arsenal have played a bunch of nobodies. We played Man City, got battered. We played Chelsea, we got battered. And then we played a bunch of absolutely nobodies. And if you watch those games, Ramsdale was still making save after save after save because Arsenal was still doing stupid things. They're still mm -hmm. making mistakes. But because you're playing bums and nobodies, you're not getting punished. But when you go Anfield, it's a long day if you, if you do things like that. You're getting punished every single time. 4-0 didn't even flatter you. It should have been 6 or 7. Yeah, I know. Jota missed one criminal chance in the second half when um, Salah laid the ball to him and he shot the ball straight at Ramsdale. He had the whole goal and he oh. left foot shot straight at him. You can't, you can't give Thiago right, time on the ball regardless of wherever he is on the pitch. Yeah. You can't do it. Unreal. You can't do it. And that's what Arsenal were doing. I was watching him thinking, no one's getting tight on him. You're giving him 15 yards. I saw one point, I was like, I'm seeing the Smith Rowe and I'm thinking, chase the fucker down. Ooh, like, you're, ball, you're, yeah. Okay, I know you're young, you're inexperienced, but, you know, push up. Force him to make a mistake. You know, it's very rare that he's going to make a mistake, but at least, you know, make things difficult for him. Don't yeah. give him the option to play at 10 yards square or, or 20 yards over the top in behind your, your fullback. And he's, he's just giving him... To, I'm not thinking... I'm, I'm doing my head in. I'm, I'm not an Arsenal <laughs> fan. I'm watching. I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? Well, what was the game plan? What yeah, was the game plan? Because I'm seeing one man up front. Yeah. I'm seeing one man up front in Aubameyang that doesn't like to track back. He doesn't like to chase lost causes. He doesn't yeah. hold, up the, hold up play. But what, what does he do? You might as well play Lacazette because Lacazette gives you more. Yeah. Gives you much more. I don't know, man. It's just... Uh, Lacazette was out, doesn't he? Was he injured? No, no. no his, his contract's going to run out, isn't it? His contract's going to run out. But... Oh, I, I, <laughs> another, another club that, that really is on the ball when it comes to contracts, yeah? Fucking hell. This is a club... <laughs> this is a club that gave Aubameyang a Champions League qualification bonus... Which was in his when he's in his contract for not even qualifying for the Champions League. <laughs> the fuck is this? <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> well, me, D and Sam with our guests on Saturday will continue this on, on Saturday on the Footy on Top Show. Bruv, on, on Top of Fame. Did you did right? you see did you see that that it's a it's a it's a hilarious post match press conference that Gattuso gave when he was head coach of Offie in, in Crete, right? And he was talking about the players, and he was talking about this, talking about that. He was getting angry. Sometimes good, sometimes shit. <laughs> sometimes good, sometimes shit, yeah? And then he turns around and he goes, it's a Malagia, 100% Malagia. Malagia is like wankers, yeah? It's bullshit. <laughs> That's what it is. Arsenal's a Malagia. Man United's a Malagia. <laughs> right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wrap it up there. But before we wrap it up, I know um, Goliath, Chad just wanted to shout out his team that he's in charge of. So give that, then give your socials. We'll go around everyone, give their socials and, and we're done. Yeah, just, just, just quickly, I've, I've um, you know, I turned 40 and I thought to myself, there are certain things I want to do. 
start trying to enjoy life and just try new things. So I'm in the process of getting my first badge, the club that um, I've, I've joined, the paying for it. Um, shout out AFC Green Court. Um, very, very, very big thank you to Carl Holt and um, and Jeff Self for taking me on. So yeah, I'm, I'm helping coach them. Um, we're seven games in. We haven't lost yet. We've played seven one five. Um, we won six one on Sunday, um, and yeah, we're, I'm, I'm again. I'm, I'm telling these boys that you know, chase down everything, start pressing from the front. I don't care how old you are, you know, you can run for me on the football pitch or you can run for me at training, and they're running on the pitch. So we got another game on Sunday against a team that's bottom of the league. We want to try and do a professional job. Because they learned the hard way last time. If you don't turn up, you can lose to anyone. Anyone can get it. So yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I want to try and connect with a few more coaches from different clubs, different cultures, just to try and get some more ideas. Um, I think that we need to be doing more in terms of grassroots and getting these kids to actually get the ball down and play football. One thing I'm starting to notice with a lot of these children at such a young age is they're too quick to treat the ball like a bomb and get rid of it. And it's just trying to get people to be confident on the ball and just, you know, whatever position it is that you play in, just getting them to watch a player that plays in that position, which is why Liverpool was such a great example because I was shying, I was telling them before the game, this is how I knew he was going to get battered. I was telling the boys to watch the Liverpool versus Arsenal because Liverpool will press from the front and force them into mistakes. So we all had a laugh about that game on Sunday before the game, but then I was getting my strikers to press from the front and they're banging in first half hat-tricks because the other team's making mistakes. We're sending them through and they're finishing their dinner. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting just trying to link what you see in the Premier League, telling them to watch their favourite footballers and their favourite teams and just get some kind of ideas. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. So shout out to AFC Greencourt. Good stuff, good stuff, Rack. Um, give him your socials, brother. Flex in the city on Twitter. That's the only one that you need to know about. I don't like Instagram and it's on private, but shout out DD Footy Factory underscore um, on all social platforms. Yep, yep. Big Sammy. Uh, Big Sam A79 on Twitter and on Instagram is at Sam the Man Who Can. Still. Nah, nothing to promote. <laughs> Shoot the defense network, baby. Shoot the defense network. No chopsticks, baby. Need <laughs> <D> for me. <laughs> yeah, socials at Ill Phenomenal Twenty Five. Phenomenal with the F, and if you can't spell it, you can't follow me. <laughs> and I am Double D on all platforms. That's D U B U L D Double E. We are out. This has been episode eighteen of the D and D Football Fan podcast carrots at the wheel we are out people thank you very much for watching and listening Bye.